It's Topics, the podcast where two comedians discuss serious topics in a serious way. Although if something funny happens, that's fine too. I'm Michael Ian Black, joined as always by Michael Showalter. Hey, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's always great to just dip our beaks into the latest installment of Topics. Um, Before we get started, we do normally go over the rules and regulations, uh, as it were. Number one, the number one rule and the only rule is there are no rules. Um, yeah. We have a guideline, which is that we try to discuss 80% of any given topic. And we have a suggestion, which is if uh, wh- whatever percentage we don't discuss, we encourage you, the listeners, to pick up the ball and run with it and finish up discussing the topic in your study groups. And a study group is defined as two or more people. Mm-hmm. And we've also said... I think you said this at the beginning that if um, that while this is a serious podcast and we're going to be talking about serious issues today, we have a really serious topic. Um, If something funny happens, if if something silly happens, that's okay. We're not going to censor that or edit that out. No, um, quite the contrary. Some of my favorite moments in the podcast occur when we have a legitimate belly laugh. Um, yeah, we, we, we stretch the mind, we exercise the intellect, but that does not rule out having a chuckle or a chortle along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you meant, you mentioned, um, exercising the intellect and yes, it, it's fascinating. And this is a whole other topic, m- multiple episodes, I would imagine, which has to do with. Uh, brain function and neurology and yes. neuroscience. And, well, the plasticity of the brain well, and the, the different hemispheres. Well, it's interesting you said the plasticity of the brain because I was actually going to say the el- the elasticity of the uh, brain. Yes, yes. Uh, and, two very similar words. And and so I think maybe, and, and I know that you have a – database of of topics mike maybe you would add this uh to the database uh the elasticity and plasticity i'm typing it right now the elasticity and the plasticity of the brain of the well of the human brain yes the human the human should i say human brain or human mind i like mind i like mind although i think we're specifically talking about the organ uh, how about the my, the elasticity and plasticity of the human mind and brain? Yes. And then, you know, that, that title is subject to change as we approach the topic, although maybe that will be the, the, the title we land on. But when we speak of the elasticity and plasticity of the human mind and brain, I wonder sometimes if it's very elasticity – doesn't stretch itself sometimes to the point of breaking, which mm. brings us to today's topic, true crime. It's, as you said, a very serious topic. Um, it's a disruptive topic because any crime, whether it's true or false, is going to disrupt those the lives of those affected by that crime mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And before I don't want to pivot too quickly to the victims because I want to I want to keep the focus on the on the crime itself as we dive right into this juiciest of topics. When I say true crime to you, Michael, what 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 images are conjured in your mind? Darkness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly darkness. But I think that, you know, in the days leading up to today, as I've been letting the, the topic marinate, in my, in my, uh, psyche. And I've been thinking, well, what, what do I think about this? And what do I feel about this? What I, what jumps out at me is this sort of fascination, this, um, well, what's the word? Is there, well, a, it's almost an obsessive voyeurism we have as a culture with it, with it. And this almost this, this, this this interest in the concept of committing the perfect murder ah yes and is yes. so much of true crime as a genre that word genre yes um whether it's yeah go ahead well i'm just going to say it's such an important word mm-hmm. when discussing true crime because true crime of course is uh, a genre in the arts, um, but it bleeds so readily into uh, life itself. I love the way that you used the word bleeds yes. when describing true crime because yes. you really used it so vividly. Yes, I painted a picture. You painted a picture and the word that you chose bleeds, Yes, which makes me think of blood. Uh, uh-huh. Do you uh-huh. see how I went, you went, I took the word bleeds and I met, went to blood. Yes. And I think I, of, and I think of, when I think of blood, I think of murder. Yes. And hence we return to the scene of the crime, of course, the perfect murder. The perfect murder. And in this, in the genre, that word genre yes. of the true crime, whether it's in the, in the world of fiction or movies or, you know, all the different. Yes, it could be in fiction. It could be in movies. You're right. You're absolutely right on that. You're spot on. And I, and, and I love, um, I love the way you. Uh, elucidated that thank you um and 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 i you know absolutely appreciate you saying that and 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 i want to say again i mean the way you said bleeds before the way you used bleeds as an adjective and it was just so appropriate to today's topic it really it really was a verb but your description um had a kind of uh uh, ad, ad, adjectival. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a verb. It was yes, a verb, but in its yes. own way, it had such an adjectival quality to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. I, I think that you, it, it was very much, it, it came out of your mouth as a verb, but it went into my psyche as an adjective. Well, that's very interesting and speaks to the plasticity of the human mind and brain. What? In the true crime genre, what 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 would you what would you point to as a progenitor 
Well, when when we speak of true crime, I think I think everybody the first thing that they think of is um, uh, the that that book um, in cold blood. Yes, yes. It's not what I think of. Mm. Truman Capote's um, In Cold Blood. In Truman Capote's iconic um, true crime uh, novel in which he, for the first time, told uh, the story of of a crime from all these different perspectives and... Well, yes, it it had a it had a Rashomon quality about it, didn't it? The way he shifted points of view, and and while he didn't do that in the book, it definitely did have a Rashomon quality. Do well, you see? It, well, it really um, started a whole trend. That word trend. Of yes. storytelling in 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 the journalistic arts in the yes. in the writerly arts. Yes, well, of, they took a novelistic approach to a journalistic subject, and in doing so, um, really made his mark as a writer. Um, you know, when we think of the great writers now of the 20th century, one has to draw a chalk outline around the corpse of Truman Capote, um, who was a kind of raconteur and fixture on the New York party scene, but underneath the sparkling wit was a fierce ambition uh, for for his his craft and a stunning um, competitiveness with well, we, the with the glittering literati. Well, I mean, it was it was really a watershed moment. Yes, in. Um, in the in the as you just as you said in the in the whole l- game of fiction and nonfiction and the blurring of the two the fictionalization of nonfiction and the nonfictionalization of fiction mm. and what was so fascinating about Truman um, mm. was how premeditated all this was. Mm. You mm-hmm. see, he was co- he was committing the perfect literary murder. <laughs> right he was he was murdering the old school as it were he was he yes. was he was taking down the dusty tropes of yore and, and erecting a new scaffolding. Uh, he was creating a Frankensteinian monster, as it were, yes. uh, assembling uh, an arm from from literature and a head from reportage and a foot from perhaps uh, Ring Lardner and uh, the sports journalism of the early part of the 20th century. But be, for our listeners who don't know the story of of uh, in cold blood. Why don't you very quickly encapsulate it for us? I want to do that, and I will do that. Um, but before I do that, um, you said erection. Yes, erection, erecting a scaffolding. Uh, ah, yes. Because yes. I heard you say ere- erecting, and I didn't know what that was. What you were referring to? Yes, I, I was. I was. Uh, Referring to the, the 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 new building, a new arising, a kind of a, a kind of more muscular and girthier um, literary form. 
I see. I see. All the blood rushing into this new form and, and creating a kind of heady brew of, uh, of, 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 a, of a proto-gonzo journalistic endeavor. Mm-hmm. But All the very, blood yes. rush, rushing into the spongy outer tissue yes. of the literary world. Yes, yes. Um, and 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 thr- and thrusting into the New York scene with with a with a kind of uh, a bravado mm-hmm. and, and asserting itself in, Pump- in almost an almost a rapacious way, mm-hmm. pumping and grunting. Yes, um, this this erect spongy literary tissue. Yes, yes, and 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 fully impregnating the larger world with the ideas contained within. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. It really is. But you were going to describe the plot of In Cold Blood, and I, mm. I did, just well, very quickly it, encapsulate well, it's, it's it. It's interesting us. you say plot because, yes. of course, we use we use plot as a term oftentimes to describe uh, story structure, a story structure of in the fictional realm. Um, whereas in In Cold Blood, of course, this is a true story um, mm. of of murder of a plot a plot a yes, murderous of, of, plot of a, of a mur- well um that of course is one of the great questions of the book of the story is many would say that uh, the there was no murderous plot mm. if anything it was a crime uh, gone wrong uh, mm. it was a horrible travesty mm. um and many people lost their lives. Mm. And uh, who specifically lost their lives? Um, oh God, Mike! It's been so long since I've since I've reread the book. Um, mm. mm-hmm. mm, I mean, I reread it. God, it's a long time ago since I reread it. Mm. Um, well, well, there were the victims. Well, of course. Cor- well, of course, the victims lost their lives, and which and, was the the family in Kansas, the right, farmer's and, and family. Yes, yes. But who else lost their lives? It's such a, it's such a, um, you know, you know, when we when we speak of losing lives, I mean, there's mm. there there's there's loss of life yes. in the in this realm, but then there's yes. the loss of of the the the. Friends and family members, the commu- yes, the community, of course, the, the concentric rings that ripple out from the scene of the original crime. Yes, uh, the, the 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 collateral damage, as it were. Yes, um, the way the way an entire community can metaphorically lose its. That's life, right, and we can had, become and, unmoored. Yes, and 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 you know uh, these men, these uh, who paid a price for their crime. Mm. Um, morality aside one could argue their lives were lost uh, well and one of them was literally lost because ex- he was he was executed exactly exactly that's what i said and yes. and so and so um you have a literal loss of life in the form of an execution as you said mm. and then the other men uh lost man, their, the one man yes there were two of them yes yes that's what i said the other yes. man the other man um his life was spent behind bars. Yes. yes. And what kind of a life is that? Not much. And then, as you mentioned, uh, true, true. Also, mm. we lost true. And well, when we lost true, 
That, of course, was a blow from which the literary world may never recover. Mm-hmm. So this is exciting. Our friends at NatureBox are supporting today's episode. And when I say they're our friends, I mean it because we love NatureBox and we love eating food out of the NatureBox. NatureBox is a brilliant company with a revolutionary and delicious idea. And no, the idea is not to deliver a big box of dirt-covered broccoli to your door because that's not a revolutionary or a delicious idea. What it is doing is delivering healthy and delicious snacks directly to your door every single month. Are you avoiding high fructose corn syrup? Are you avoiding hydrogenated oils and artificial flavors or colors? Well, so is NatureBox. Each snack faces strict quality standards and are approved by painfully strict nutritionists who happen to have a fun streak because these things are really good. You can pick your favorites. They have lemon tea biscuits, salted caramel pretzel pops, or you could go with a wild rotating surprise box every month and they have a huge collection of tasty treats from Aztec chia seed trail mix to Bombay curried cashews. My personal favorite is the cheddar pretzels, which honestly is the most delicious snack I think I've ever had in my entire life. It's a pretzel nugget and it has cheddar cheese flavoring on it and it's to die for. So snack better, snack smarter, and snack plentifully. Go to naturebox.com slash topics to get 50% off your first box. I promise you, you will not regret it. Go check out naturebox.com slash topics today. Hey, so have you ever taken a quick trip to the post office? I bet you haven't because there's no such thing as a quick trip to the post office. It doesn't exist. You have to drive there. You're stuck in traffic. You have to find parking. There's nowhere to park. You get there. You're waiting in long lines. It's a huge hassle. So what do you do? What's the solution? The solution is use stamps.com instead because stamps.com is the quick and easy way to get postage on demand for any business. You can, with their service, buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package of any size using your own computer and your own printer. It's an amazing service. It really is. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale that calculates the exact postage you need for any class of mail. So you don't need one of those expensive postage meters and you will never waste valuable time making trips to the post office again. It's amazing. We use stamps.com here at Topics all the time when we are sending mugs and t-shirts out to the study groups. So to the study group in Tuscaloosa, to the study group in Eugene, Oregon, to the study group in Augusta, Maine, to the study group in Kissimmee, St. Cloud, Florida, all of those mugs got sent out using stamps.com postage. And we want you to try stamps.com today as well. And right now, if you use our promo code topics, you will get a very special offer, a no risk trial plus $110 bonus offer, which includes the digital scale and up to 55 free dollars in postage, which is an amazing offer. So don't wait, go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in topics. That's stamps.com. Enter topics. We are talking about the progenitors of the true grime, true crime, pardon me, I said grime. <laughs> and sometimes these crimes really uh, are a bit grimy. Um, 
That is that is that is true. That, that is was, true. That perhaps uh, was a we, Freudian slip. We uh, with these with these true crimes, we are truly getting into the dirty underbelly <laughs> and the into the into the into the the into the dark sooty corners. Yes. Uh, that 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 people don't want to look at these dark sooty no. corners. You don't want to shine the flashlight too deep into those crevices and the, the, the folds of the human mind and brain, because you don't know what you'll discover. No. The, the nooks and crannies of the yes. human experience. What lies inside <laughs> these dirty, grimy, sooty nooks yeah. and, yes, and yes. crannies of the human experience. <laughs> I love what you're doing. What are you doing? Hmm? What is that? What you're doing? The voice. What, what do you is mean? That? I, love, well, I thought you, well, were, you were doing, doing that, but you not, were doing that. I don't think so. But yeah, you, you were. were. No, you were. And I was just doing what what you were doing. But um, I'm I'm I think if I'm being honest, and that's what yes. this show is about. Of course. Um, yes. I'm imagining that I'm a detective in Scotland Yard. Oh, uh, well, wonderful. Did, did you think that? Did some I, part of you think that? I all I knew is that I loved what you were doing, and I I, I just wanted to know for myself what it was because it constable, was a bit- <laughs> get a is lantern that, and is shine. Is that the same thing? Is that the same thing? Yes. Yes, I Const- lo- I love it. Constable, get a lantern <laughs> and shine it into the grimy, sooty nooks and crevices. Yes. So so you're not only uh, a detective in Scotland Yard, but I suspect you're a detective from another era in yes, Scotland Yard. Uh, yes, I am, Mike. You are very perceptive. I am. Uh, we <laughs> don't. We don't it's have all, flashlights. It's elementary, my dear Michael. It's we, elementary. We don't have flashlights in this little role playing <laughs> game. Flash batteries haven't been invented yet, dear sir. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Just wonderful. So you um, were talking about the progenitor. Yes. And when I think of the first true crime, Jack the Ripper, I go back further. Uh, uh, Attila the Hun. <laughs> I go back further. Judas. You're, you're getting very close, but I go back further. Adam and Eve. Yes, but now you've now you've gone a, just a very a touch too far. Cain and Abel. Yes, when Cain slew his brother Abel. Can you talk and, about that? Yes, I can. Adam and Eve, who are, of course, the human progenitors, uh, as described in the Book of Genesis had two sons, Cain and Abel. One of them offered God seeds and barley, and one of them offered God a baby lamb, and God preferred Abel's offering and Cain in a fit of jealousy slew his brother with an axe and Abel died and that was the first true crime. Mm. 
It's a powerful story. It's a very rich and powerful well, it's a, story. It's a Cain, brother against brother. It's a, Cain, it's a Cain and Abel story. Well, it, yes, it's the Cain and Abel story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In many ways, it is. Yes. And then as punishment, when, when, when God said to Cain, where is your brother? And Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? Mm. Uh, he replied rather insolently to his Lord. Um, and of course, God knew because God knows all. And Cain confessed his crime to his heavenly father. And the Lord marked him. Mm. We refer to this as the the marking of Cain, mm-hmm. Cain's mark, which mm. he which he bore with him for the rest of his fruitful life, mm. because he did live a long time and he did bear many sons. Mm-hmm. But he always had that mark, mm. the mark of the guilty, the stain of the guilty. Mm. Uh, this this now whether it was an actual mark or whether it was a a psychic mark, a metaphorical mark, we cannot know because the book of Genesis does not describe the mark. Mm. But it calls to mind the mark all criminals must bear when they transgress the moral code. How does that stain the soul? Mm -hmm. Can you speak on this? Mm -hmm. Hmm? Can, Can you speak on this? on how it stains the soul. Well, um, you, I feel like you said so eloquently. Uh, um, God uh, put the stain on him. Mm. And then once the stain is there, it's very hard to wash it out. Out, out, damned spot. I'm yes. sp- speaking now of, of, of Lady Macbeth. Yes. In the, in, in the Shakespearean tragedy uh, known by the name of Macbeth. Yes. And out, out, damned spot, she says, as she tries to wash the blood off of her hands. And of course, uh, we, the audience, looks to the stage and sees the torment as she scrubs those hands, trying to rid them of the stain. And we, the audience, see no stain. The blood, the the hands appear uh, free of blood, but in her mind's eye, she sees that that uh, viscous fluid dripping from palm to floor, spattering the stone. And she finds herself unable to rid herself of the stain. Which is another way of saying perhaps she finds herself unable to rid herself of the guilt. So even though she's crossed the border into the immoral, some part of her, some human part of her remains and is struggling to rid the psyche of the crime. Because you know... Michael, when I stand on the sidewalk and the sun points at me, what do I see when I look down? Mm. What do I see? Your feet. Your feet. Yes, but I see something that the sun casts off of my body onto the sidewalk. Do you know what that is, Michael? 
Yes. What? What? Your feet. Your feet. A shadow. A shadow. Uh-huh, yes. A shadow, shadow, Michael. Yes, yes. And that Someone those a shadow. Those shadows follow us our whole lives, Michael. We cannot make those shadows disappear because the shadow does not exist per se. But the shadow is always there. Well, not at night. If there's a light on. Right. Well, if the lights are off at night, there's no shadow. But if it's on, there is, Michael. Mm. So I suppose if we live our whole lives in darkness, we can avoid the shadows. Mm. But the moment we step into the light, the shadows are there. Mm. Or the other way uh, is if there are two lights uh, sort of pointed down at each other and and, uh, across from each other. And in that way, you could eliminate the shadow. Well, yes. And this is getting into... This is getting into optics. And, yeah, and, and, and of course, that's not the focus. And stage lighting and yes, various, and various forms. And, and, yeah. and the way the um, eye perceives the world. And I suppose that is a topic from another time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think your point is taken, which is uh, I'm, I'm reflecting your own really important words back at you. The sun casts a shadow, and the shadow, uh, we, can, we cannot escape that shadow no matter where we turn. The shadow may, sh- may lengthen or shorten uh, depending on the severity of the light, but the shadow is always with us. It is attached to us, and the shadow we can describe as our, our sins. Our secrets. Yes, and it is it is it is the job of the true crime genre, and again that important word, genre, to cast that light to shine the truth onto the body, and therefore mm-hmm. cast the truth into the light. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know we can refract that light and say, as Errol Morris did in his documentary of true crime entitled The Thin Blue Line, which itself had a very Rashomon quality to it, we can reflect the, the, the light back at itself and say, what is the truth? Is there, is there an objective truth? How do we ever know what transpired? What, what, what does reflect mean? Refract. Mm. Refract. To bend mm. back towards. Mm. If my enunciation wasn't as clear mm. as it should have been, I apologize. Mm. But to refract the light. Mm. Mm. So fascinating. It is fascinating. It's a it's a it's a very rich, earthy topic. Mm. You know, it, and it and it's and it's a it's it's a distinctly human topic because, of course, animals uh, without uh, their moral judgments are incapable of committing crime. Mm-hmm. Although. Uh, my dog did once steal a, a fresh turkey off the counter, and uh, she seemed a little guilty when she did that. She, I think she knew she had uh, maybe maybe done wrong. Well, my my, uh, my cats uh, commit a crime every day, the crime of being so darn cute. <laughs> they're yeah. so they're so cute it's criminal michael <laughs> yeah you're you're guilty of being cute in the first degree and, uh, <laughs> I, I sentence I, you to yes, a lifetime yes. by my side <laughs> <laughs> objection objection your honor uh, uh, uh anyway
Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we have fun and, and, and we point and, and at, at these true crimes and, and we're so fascinated by them, aren't we? I, I, I'm thinking of Bonnie and Clyde now. I'm, I'm thinking of, um, well, there's Bonnie, a whole, Bonnie and Clyde. There's, well, there's such a mythology around all of the great outlaws of, of, of yes. American, uh, American history, whether it's Bonnie and Clyde, as you mentioned, whether it's Billy the Kid, this, mm. this, uh, 16 year old, uh, orphan boy f- taking on the American army, um, whether it's uh, uh, John Dillinger and his uh, bank robbing exploits. Yes, and, and now we get into modern true crime. I'm thinking of Bernie Madoff, for God's mm-hmm, sake, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who may not have uh, you know pointed a gun, but he certainly uh, killed a lot of fortunes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many different types of crimes and there's so many different uh, types of criminals. And I, I'm wondering if uh, we maybe uh, should continue this um, because I'm not sure that we're – I'm not sure that we've gotten as far as I, as I think you and I had hoped. Mm. Well, of course, um, you know, the first rule is there are no rules. So if you'd like to continue true crime and a true crime part two, I'd be more than happy to do that with you. We haven't even touched on crimes of passion, of which there are many. Um, I, I think that might be something to, to, to seriously consider. All right. I will, I will consider it. And uh, as we wrap up today, I hope that in the jury of public opinion, we've at least whetted your appetite for the subject of true crime. Um, if we continue in the next episode of Topics, Michael, I hope you will serve again as the prosecuting attorney and I will be there by your side making the case. <laughs> but uh, until then, court is adjourned. I thank you, Michael. And I thank you. Hello. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Topics. Please help us get the word out about the show by writing us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you'd like to write to us a question or a comment about this episode or any episode, please do. Our email address is topicspodcasts at gmail.com. Thank you. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Ackerman. For more information, visit earwolf.com. EarwolfRadio.com The Wolf Dead.